It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News Show for Thursday, August 23rd, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. Producing the show today is Amos. Yay! So that Roger Chang may luxuriate and Mm -hmm. lean back and watch and direct. Luxuriate? Seems a a rather bougie term. (laughs) You're not luxuriating? I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, Roger's... Roger. Uh, Roger's going to have a baby next week, uh, and we ain't going to see Roger for a little bit. So uh, Amos will be stepping in. Uh, thank you, Amos. And thank you all for joining us. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Sony revealed Thursday at a press event that it's releasing a limited run of the Ibo robot dog in the U.S. for $2,899. Uh, coming out in September with delivery expected before the holidays, if you have it shipped, obviously. The prices include some accessories, but also a three-year subscription to Sony's AI cloud, which will house Ibo's memories and help the little guy learn over time. DJI unveiled the Magic 2 Pro and Mavic 2 Zoom, the uh, $1,449 Pro drone has an integrated Hasselblad camera and a 20 megapixel one-inch sensor like the one in DJI's Phantom 4 Pro and the $1,249 Mavic 2 Zoom features the 24 to 48 millimeter optical zoom lens what DJI says will make it the world's first fo- a foldable consumer drone with optical zoom capability. The Mavic 2 Pro and Mavic 2 Zoom are available now uh, from store.dgi.com and four DJI flagship stores in Hong Kong, Seoul, Korea, Shenzhen, and Shanghai, China. CNET Stephen Shanklin has a profile on a project called Breakthrough Starshot that hopes to send hundreds of tiny spacecraft four light years away to Alpha Centauri to look for signs of life. If it succeeds, we could get data from Alpha Centauri within 30 to 40 years from now. So in many of your lifetimes, the project would propel one gram spherical sails studded with sensors using an Earth-based laser array. 
this this is actually fascinating tech and everybody if you are not familiar with it should read up more because there's also uh, uh the idea that this would be the way that we would get to mars uh it's very cheap to do the problem is slowing down <laughs> mm-hmm. well yeah there's the slowing down is not a problem for this uh, project i don't think because they're just going to collect data as they oh, zoom by no, yeah i mean i mean for people uh, yeah yeah to get us there would be that would yeah. be a problem all right let's talk a little bit more about the trade war i mean it's not has nothing to do with the trade war i'm sorry it's uh china and australia justin <laughs> indeed tom huawei says it and zte have been banned from providing 5g technology to australia australia did issue new guidelines for 5g characters that stated quote the government considers that the involvement of vendors who are likely to be subject to extrajudicial directions from foreign governments that conflict with Australian law may risk failure by the carrier to adequately protect the 5G network from unauthorized access or interference, end quote. The government essentially said that 5G networks are easier to circumvent at the hardware level. Tom, I'm curious that you lump this in with the trade war because uh, certainly fears on uh security fears for 5g networks has has been something that is kind of predated at least the active trade war that we have seen here in the states listen man i immediately said no it's my mistake it has nothing to do with the trade war those were my exact words justin and i'm sure sure that because these security fears that huawei denies exist happened before uh and because it's australia that there's virtually no connection to the ongoing dispute between the Five Eyes countries and China that did exist before the trade war. Uh, I mean, we could have a long conversation about whether there's real issues with 5G. The Australian document goes into detail about, oh, well, edge devices can be circumvented easier. They almost make it sound like 5G is an insecure network that shouldn't even be implemented, which makes me go, well, then why are you funding this at all? If that's yeah. the case. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to give Huawei a pass here. Uh, but there's a there's a lot of fud around this stuff. Apple removed Facebook's Onavo security app with free VPN from the App Store for privacy violations. Apple told CNBC, quote, apps should not be collecting information about which other apps are installed on a user's device for the purposes of analytics or advertising slash marketing. Sources tell the Wall Street Journal that Apple told Facebook this was happening last week and that Onavo violated the rules and then suggested that Facebook voluntarily remove the app, which it did not. Facebook acquired Onavo back in 2013. So many ways to go with this story. There's the Apple never tells anyone anything about their apps. Oh, unless it's Facebook. Then they give them a, a little heads up. Uh, also, Facebook saying, we are complying with your rules. It's aggregate collection. It's not personal data collection. We interpret your rules to allow that, just like a web browser collects where everybody goes on the web. Uh, and and so, I, you know, Facebook has a hard time making any argument these days. I think this one is on the line. I mean, I don't love it. I would never use Onavo because of it, but uh, because I want a VPN that doesn't track me. But they're, they are disclosing that they, they, in aggregate, figure out what the most popular websites used through Onavo are. And of course, they have they're operating the VPN. The operator of the VPN has to know what websites you want to visit so they can deliver the website to you. Can I bring this into a, a little bit more of a meta conversation about not only Apple's App Store, but uh, Google's as well? Sure. I, I read another uh, trend piece today about how we are again moving into a protestation for many subscription services about paying the Apple and Google tax off off the top whenever you are subscribing through an right. app. Netflix and, more, and Fortnite, the most recent examples of trying to get around. Absolutely. Are we due for a 
let's think about what the App Store rules and permissions should be in 2018 compared to when they were initially founded so many years ago in a much more volatile market. Because I do think that they're we're, we're in a very mature smartphone ecosystem right now. And, and, and I feel like stuff like this, which is on the line based on what Apple's rules are, I don't know. This seems like a, 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 a fairly reasonable thing that obviously the user should know this is happening, which Facebook is not trying to obscure. But if they want to sign into it, I don't know. It doesn't seem like you're giving up much more information than you normally do using any of these services on the web. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Drew Nielsen says, how does iOS allow apps to know what other apps are installed? That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is Onavo is a VPN app that then logs all of the websites that people who use it visit so they can kind of see the trends of what the popular websites are. There's, there's no seeing other apps here. I apologize if we gave you that misimpression. Uh, secondly, yeah. Uh, is that something people want to hear us discuss a little more? Because I, I think it's a fair topic. Let us know. Feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com uh, if you want us to dig into that a little more. Because it is a different world than it was when the App Store was created. Absolutely. iFixit published its teardown of Magic Leap's one, ma- sorry, Magic Leap 1's Creator Edition headset released earlier this month, suggesting the magnetic sensor coils placement will make it less reliable for left-handed use, just a little bit, uh, the reviewer from The Verge said, yeah, used it with both hands, didn't really notice it, so maybe over time you notice it more. Uh, but it's just the placement of the sensor that makes iFixit say that. Magic Leap's headset has to be wired to a computer, of course. Uh, we knew that, and iFix notes that if you break that cable, uh, replacing it, not easy. This is not a repairable device, which is why they charge you $400 plus to buy a 24-hour replacement plan when you sign up to spend your $2,000 plus to get a Magic Leap 1. Uh, the Magic Leap uses a combination of waveguide lenses and tracking cameras to project the hologram-like objects into your environment, into your eyes. iFixit also notes uh, it requires some tricky parts to repair that, too. iFixit's teardowns are usually mass-market consumer products. This one's aimed at developers, so keep that in mind. It's not meant to be repairable necessarily uh but given that it's not not easily repairable at all yeah i think the consumer take on this is how much more repairable would we assume a consumer version (laughs) would be because i don't suspect it would be that much more repairable than the developer version Right. And it's not as if iFixit was challenging Magic Leap by saying, you've called this device super repairable and we're (laughs) going to, you know, take it apart and show you that you're wrong. It is a developer product and it's not really meant, uh, I mean, obviously, if if one of your cables breaks, it's going to be annoying, but it's not meant to be taken apart or at least... That much less so than a consumer product with you know swappable batteries and well, and it. and magically you know is trying to reach out to developers and and you have to be in a select city to get it so they can show you how to properly use it like this is beta hardware uh, so I'll, I'll give them a little bit of a pass for that. What I took from the iFixit teardown was there isn't much that's surprising in here. There wasn't anything we didn't really already know how it worked either through you know, previous leaks or observations or Magic Leap's own disclosures. Yeah. As someone, someone, I fix it, just wanted to open it up too. Oh, yeah, that's what they do, right? Right. Of course. That's that's their their jam. Look, Magic Leap is a company that in its young history has been noted for its secrecy and uh, fussiness with how they disseminate their information. They've been very selective about how they've talked about their products. 
It is no surprise to me that they are very proprietary and have erred on the side of doing things exactly their way than a standard that would be easier to replace. Yeah, I don't think they care about repairability right now. No. In fact, that's why I'm like, I, I don't I would not be shocked if this is exactly what gets sold, you know, uh for for, for a consumer product. Microsoft may unveil its new Xbox all access service later this month in the United States, sources tell Windows Central and The Verge. Customers could pay around $22 a month for an Xbox One S, Xbox Live, and Xbox Game Pass service for two years and $35 a month for the same thing with an Xbox One uh, X. For two, uh, after the two years is up, users will own their consoles. Xbox Live will cost $60 a year, averaging to $5 a month, and Xbox Game Pass costs $10 a month. Xbox as a service, Tom. So, the so future. Doing, doing the math there that you just said, $60 a year, averages $5 a month. Game Pass costs $10 a month. That's $15 a month for Xbox Live and Game Pass. Uh, when you add that to the price of an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X at $22 a month or $35 a month, over two years, you're actually paying less for the Xbox. So I guess what Microsoft is doing is discounting the service in order to get you to buy the console because you don't have to outlay the several hundred dollars to get the console. And yeah, Xbox as a service, like going all going back to the old, like, Hey, you, you don't want to own your phone, uh, pay a hundred dollars now. And, and we'll just, you know, include it as, as part of the service. Uh, well, or, or cable subscription where it's like, if you get all of these other add-ons, we'll, we'll make it worth your while because then you're sort of more in our ecosystem. Overall. Yeah. We'll throw in your, your cable box, of course. And then you get all you pay, you pay for the service. But oh my lord, how different ha- is the video game industry from from its 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 you know even five years ago when everything was built around the console launch? This is when we are going to understand what our profitability is for the next five years as this console goes through it lives its lifestyle. And first, we saw Microsoft releasing incremental updates uh, almost yearly on the xbox to say no, no no this is more like a smartphone this is more like a thing that we kind of want our hardcore fans with disposable income to buy every year for the little cool new thing that it can do and now they are fully going that commoditized route with saying yeah whatever don't even well, worry about buying it hold, hold on let's dial back maybe according to sources they are going to go that route yeah okay. absolutely Maybe according to sources, uh, this is insane. Uh, and not to say I think it's a good idea. Uh, I actually think it's probably where things are going fairly obviously, but it, it just to me is a watershed moment. Uh, I, uh, reported, I, according to sources. Yeah, it, w- it, c- it will be if they do this. Uh, and, and of course, the reason they didn't announce it at GamesCon is because it's US only. Ah, sorry, Germany. Scooter startups are rolling out new products and initiatives emphasizing charitable. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. 
BlueNile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Giving outreach to low-income communities and infrastructure improvements. Lime launched a new donation module called Lime Hero, where customers can opt into a donation program where a portion of their ride fare will go to a local nonprofit organization. Uh, The company is going to run pilots in Seattle, D.C., and Austin in the U.S. to start. And Bird, another scooter company, is committed to setting aside $1 per day from each scooter in operation to help cities build new protected bike lanes. <laughs> that would be nice. As well as maintain existing ones by repainting and repairing them. Bird also said it would form a new global safety advisory board. So, so the e-scooters are pushing back on the bad press. Charm offensive. Engage. Uh, look, they're watching what Uber did. And saying, what can we learn from uh, thumbing your nose at a city? At what point should you should you start the charm battle against that? Okay, but here's the thing that Uber had that these uh, scooters do not. These scooter companies do not. Number one, Uber was able to always say uh, almost immediately you saw benefits from average people. Either they were driving or they were. Uh, or they were riding in a way that was better than the alternative, which was taxis. Uh, People did not like taxis, and Uber could always push back whether or not it was true and say, you, the local city government, are in bed with these taxi unions, and this is why you don't want us. This is about graft. This is about corruption. This is about not giving the people what they want, and that's why we're pushing back. There's no such boogeyman with the scooters. They can't go after taxi unions. They they have to go after big walking. (laughs) sneaker companies so this is this is interesting to see what they're doing but they do not have the same roadmap that uber did they don't have an enemy you're absolutely right at the same time uh they do well they have some enemies you know when it comes to like my grumbling neighbors who are like what all these lime scooters not not an enemy that the pub populace would be like yeah you need to you need to bring them down right no no yeah of course it's like well you know if uber starts a scooter company then we're screwed we're the little guys and they are right and they are but uh at the same time there is there there's some there there are and Trust me, I live in a neighborhood where the scooters have overrun. I, there's like two scooters to one person these days. It's it's very popular model. 
And because of that, it's mildly irritating, at least to me. Some people are really irritated by it. So the more kind of goodwill measures they do, sure, it's probably PR, uh, you know, um, among the desire to actually help communities, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah. Hey, um, go ahead, Tom. No, no, I was going to transition this out. So if you got one more thought, go. Yeah, here's my here's my last thought. We're not friends if you ride these scooters on the sidewalk. I love the scooters. I want the scooters <laughs> to proliferate. Get in the get in get on the street. Get on the bike lane. All good hearted DTNS listeners, get in the bike lane. Get off the sidewalk. That's all I'm saying. So uh, what I was going to say is the the charitable move here is not hey we're good guys. It's we're particularly giving to a charity that's going to help improve bike lanes or going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to help, uh, the, right. it helps the all of us. around you that you're driving your scooter in, uh, folks, uh, we've got another company that wants to do that too. take your mind off your stomach that in a second to get all the tech headlines in each day. Remember subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. Five minutes keeps you caught up. If you miss a DTNS, no problem. Daily tech headlines is the supplement that'll make sure that, you know, like fish oil tablets for fish, Daily Tech Headlines is for DTNS. Go subscribe at dailytechheadlines.com. So Chipotle, when I say Chipotle, let's go around. Let's go around the horn. Uh, when I say Chipotle, what do you think, Justin? Uh, I think uh, a, a tasty lunch. Ch- Chipotle, the restaurant. You think a tasty lunch. Sarah, when I say Chipotle, what do you think? I think of the word that I called Chiptoli for many years, uh, <laughs> with no one actually correcting me. It's kind of strange. But uh, otherwise, I consider it a moderately good meal. If they're, if I'm hungry and it's there, I'll go in. Okay. All right. Uh, most of the uh, chat room right now is saying E. coli and disease. Uh, mm. I think that is probably the prevalent <laughs> response is, oh, right. Food poisoning stories like one, I don't know, two weeks ago in Ohio, like it hasn't stopped. It's bad press for the Chipotle chain. However, that's not what we're here to talk about. The restaurant chain Chipotle's Cultivate Foundation is sponsoring an accelerator program called the Chipotle Aluminaries Project. Would anyone care to explain the pun or shall I? Please go ahead. <laughs> Alumination is the digestion, you know, the elementary tract. Wow. wow. And luminary. That's a project they're going to be explaining a lot. Yeah, I have a feeling that's true. I, I, I'm reminded <laughs> of a line from that thing you do that uh, I wonder what happened to the O'Neaters. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chipotle Illuminaries Project will fund growth stage companies for seven months starting September 12th. Uh, the really interesting company is who Chipotle is sponsoring. Chipotle is putting their name on this thing and they're putting some money in it. But Uncharted is the company that is hosting the program and will select the up to eight participants. Uh, the project will be around things like alternative farming and growing systems, farming and agriculture tech, food and waste recovery and plant and animal products. Uh, Chipotle said, yeah, we'll put in $200,000 and uh, we'd be open to acquiring or integrating the tech that comes out of it. We're not committing to anything. The mentors in the program include Richard Blaze, a former Top Chef contestant, still kind of associated with Top Chef. And and he's got some very successful restaurants in Atlanta. And Kimball Musk, who is on Chipotle's board. He's also on SpaceX's board because he's Elon's brother. Uh, And the theme of the accelerator is what is the future of food with integrity? Now, going back to Uncharted, the reason I find that they're interesting is Uncharted uses accelerators to solve problems. They are a, they're a 5013C nonprofit company. Uh, they do accelerators to try to solve urban poverty, uh, food deserts, 
uh, and now this kind of food technology. This is not the first food accelerator out there. Chobani, the yogurt maker, actually has an incubator on an an ongoing basis that provides $250,000 grants to innovative early stage food and bev startups. But I think food tech is an undercovered space out there. We've talked a little bit about agricultural tech before on the show, but I'm very curious to see if with a nonprofit involved, and I guess Chipotle's name will get some attention on it, what kind of of technology and innovative startups could we get out of this? Robots making burritos. Mm, Good burritos or Chipotle burritos? Well, yeah, I mean, so, so all of this sounds, yes, very intriguing at the same time, as you mentioned, uh, you know, is, 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 is the mark or the current mark on Chipotle's name at all going to, 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 to set it back? Uh, if I don't know, some, some, uh, it, uh, an equivalent uh, Mexican food chain were to do the same. Right. It, Taco Bell comes out with their own startup accelerator. Well, I mean, well, well yeah. If, and, if I was going to pitch these po- folks, I would pitch them a food safety t- piece of tech for sure. Exactly. Uh, all right. So here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, d- take a, a negative position on this because I think that yes, this is PR, but I think it's PR in the wrong direction. When you talk about the, uh, the E. coli outbreaks on, uh, Chipotle food, I believe that there is an idea out there that part of it is that they have maybe made a commitment too far in the direction of organics and sustainability and maybe have sacrificed basics like food safety and doubling down on what are the future of these things instead of like Tom said saying no we're going to put together an X amount of dollar commitment to supply chain food safety I think would have gotten them more toward the place of we're solving our problem instead of doubling down on it. I I kind of agree with you. I'll be honest. I love that Uncharted is doing this. I think they're a fascinating company. Uh, And the idea of getting companies to put up money to fund startups outside of just making, you know, more inside the Valley technology is great. Okay. You know, get, get those brains working on some of the problems that are maybe less attractive uh, but but still intractable and still helpful and 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 food safety, uh, food supply chain, agricultural, uh, water use. They're, they're, the the list goes on. What they what they could investigate here. I don't know that this does much to change our perception of Chipotle or not. Uh, well, look. much as some you know a large company like Microsoft or, or you know Oracle or whatever, like a large company, you might say, "Well, can't Chipotle figure this out themselves?" They've you know they've got a PR nightmare. They're making people sick. They should just be be better. At, you know, they're you know they're they're farming you know chain of 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 of, of resources. But tech companies do this all the time because the tech companies sometimes are 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 too big to focus on maybe more of the. As you mentioned, the, the the new innovations in in health that the company would like to reap the benefits from. I mean, the Chipotle doesn't want to make people sick. That's not that's not yeah. something that they want to do. And if an accelerator is a way to get the company's eyes and really the industry's eyes on smaller innovative uh, folks doing cool stuff, then. It can't really lose. You might you might sort of scoff at it and say, "Well, you're just doing this because you don't know how to have healthy food." Well, okay, but that's a pretty good reason. Yeah, and I'm skeptical that the problem has anything to do with the problems that these startups are going to attack. Uh, the Clostridium outbreak in Ohio, from what I've read, had to do with meat being left in a warm bin for too long, 
And Chipotle has said we are retraining everyone in our stores on food handling. But that's an in-restaurant issue. And maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody will come up with a new safety tech that's like, hey, this will prevent you from forgetting that the meat has been in there too long. Or this will kill Clostridium so that you can leave it in there longer. I don't know. That would be cool, too. Yes. Although I don't know exactly the PR value of defining very, very, very uh, critically exactly all the ways that you can get sick at your restaurant. (laughs) The reality is that Chipotle is a franchise. They are beholden to their franchise owners who are the ones who are actually laying out their money and operating these locations throughout the country. So they are buying through their supply chain. They are responsible. And the PR that comes from the top is both good and bad responsible for driving traffic to these stores. And if the PR is, you know, right now we are in this a beautiful golden age of companies publicly apologizing to us. A public apologies are now at 80% of the advertising that, that I see for Wells Fargo and Uber and, and all these other companies. And I don't know whether or not it's successful, but, there is an, a, a, a problem with, like you said, Tom, earlier to say that E. coli is the first thing that you think of. I think any PR effort that they're going to put should be number one spent at addressing that. Although obviously saving the world's food is part of the Chipotle brand. So it, yeah. it, 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 and, it, it is a Honestly, that's why I'm more fascinated with the uncharted part of this than the Chipotle. This feels like Chipotle putting their name on something. That's not necessarily bad. They're putting a little money in it, too. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Whether it will achieve Chipotle's goals or not is a whole is a whole conversation, you know, a whole other conversation. Uh, but I love what Uncharted is doing here, and I'm glad they got some of Chipotle's money to make it happen. Uh, and I'm curious what folks in the audience know about food technologies we 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 often get the critique like oh you always cover the same five companies there's other stuff going out there let us know if you if you're in agriculture or you're in you're in food tech uh give us an email feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com point us in the direction of some of the cool innovations that are going on and we'll keep our eye on this one as well Hey, you know how else you might point us in the right direction? That would be our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. You can do the same and have conversations with your with 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 folks of your DTNS ilk at facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. In fact, we got an email we want to read to you right now. Uh, yeah. So Mike, who says he's coming from Dusty Riyadh, has some thoughts on our DRM discussion yesterday. And Mike agreed with Scott Johnson that DRM seems to have faded, at least from conversation, and why that might be. Mike says, maybe it's that I'm not a poor student anymore, but I think it's that DRM has gotten better. My Movies Anywhere collection is available anywhere on any device. Family plans to share media has reduced the draconian nature of previous DRM schemes. Monthly fees for Netflix or YouTube music has reduced my need for MP3s and digital movies and TV shows. I eschewed Kindle books in its earliest days, but reading all of my books on a Kindle, tablet, or phone, that drew me in. In short, companies more or less addressed all of my concerns, and prices have become fairer with more competition. Am I the only one to feel this way? No, I don't think you are, Mike. And, and, and I, I think, think that's probably a great reason that it has faded from conversation because people and, are complaining less. And I think that's why FCK DRM uh, wanted to create the initiative is, and I tried to make this point yesterday too, people don't realize that a lot of the problems they have with these streaming services when something doesn't work isn't the internet being broke. I think we we tend to go, oh, there's something wrong with the software. Oh, there's something wrong with my, my internet's down. I, I hear that a lot when it's not the internet 
like, oh, my internet's down. In fact, even on the show, sometimes when there's something goes wrong with the show, people say, oh, this is happening. And I'm like, that's not actually the cause of the problem. So I think DRM related things that are unnecessary probably uh, cause problems. Whether that's a big enough problem to matter, I mean, that's the question Mike's bringing up, and it's a fair one. Well, uh, someone who's always fair and just is one Justin Robert Young. Uh, always good to have you on the show, especially when you're here twice in one week. What's been going on since we saw you on Monday? Well, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it's been a fairly big week in the world of politics. And so mm. I have therefore been very busy with my free political newsletter, I'll tell you what, if you've listened to me plug it on this show and you've been like, nah, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll sign up at some point. Well, congratulations. You played yourself this week. <laughs> because this was an amazing week to have all the news in your inbox, including some of the stuff that you're not going to read other places. It's so easy. Go on over there right now. Freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Five days a week, five stories a day, mostly gifts, sometimes hot takes. I'll see you there. Freepoliticalnewsletter.com. All right. We have eight days left in the month. We need 12 more subscribers to our DTNS membership at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you want to be part of the club, it only costs you a dollar a month. That throws a nickel into each show and it gets you a bunch of cool stuff like access to a, an extra feed. Uh, it gives you uh, the ability to chat with patrons and join our discord. Uh, so we need 12 of you right now to go to patreon.com slash DTNS. If you won't miss a dollar a month, we'd love to have it and it will help us do more. We got two new DTNS labs out. If you're a patron, you already have them and they're coming this weekend if you don't. So check it all out at patreon.com slash DTNS. All feedback at feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We'll take it all. Good feedback. Bad feedback. I don't know. That's always good. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow. And Len Peralta will join us to illustrate the show. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.